welcome back to the 7B Podcast. My name's Emily Bosong. I'm the staff writer at the Bonners Ferry Herald. This week on the podcast, we're going up to Boundary County, and we're going to cover the news up there. So in last week's Bonners Ferry Herald, so in last week's edition of the Bonners Ferry Herald, what was that? So in the November 3rd edition of the Bonners Ferry Herald, there's a story called, This podcast is focusing on This podcast is focusing on a story that ran in the November 3rd edition of the Bonners Ferry Herald. The story is called City Faces $450,000 Budget Shortfall. Due to an Idaho Supreme Court case ruling, Bonners Ferry officials said the city now has a general fund shortfall of approximately 4,000, has a general budget shortfall of approximately $450,000, has a budget shortfall of approximately $450,000, as the city is no longer allowed to collect funds from city utility users to pay into the general fund. So this originally stems from a 2017 Idaho Supreme Court case, Hill v. So this originally stems from a 2017 Idaho Supreme Court case, Hillview, I think I'm saying that right, Hillview Mobile Home Park and Ed Quinn versus the city of Pocatello. So this, this, um, in this case, it was found that the city of Pocatello could not use um, utility fees to fund the general budget or to fund the general fund. And so um, even though this case took place in 2017, the city of Bonners Ferry was not made aware of this until uh, until August this year, officials said. So what is the general fund? A lot of people don't quite understand what that means. They may think because of the term general, it's something that can be used interdepartmentally or it's it's more sounds like more of a vague fund that doesn't properly coordinate to budgets or to different departments. So. Actually, the general fund funds the police department, the street department, the fire department, and a few other departments. I believe the treasure department and some of those other ones, but I'm still not quite sure, but I do know it is the police, streets, and fire. City Councilman Ron Smith said at the November 1st City Council meeting, the city of Bonners Ferry has collected money from city utilities to fund the general budget since the 1950s. Speaking at the meeting, Mayor Dick Staples had this to say. So before we start this discussion, part of the reason to put this on the agenda was for public, uh, kind of public acknowledgement of what we have going on. Um, the shortfall is twofold uh, this year, uh, which we're going to decide how and what we're going to do this year and in the ensuing year. Um, I think we should start, probably start the discussion with this year, something we've got to figure out how to uh, cut or make up for $450,000 uh, with the general fund. Mayor Dick Staples said the budget shortfall was added to the November 1st council agenda for public knowledge. With, with that source of funding gone, the mayor added that the council and city residents now have to decide what the, what to do this fiscal year and in the future. So this shortfall 
It's not just for this year. Because this funding option has disappeared, like from using utilities to fund the general budget, the money has to come from somewhere. Uh, especially since when you think of city, um, when you think of city police and fire department, they don't bring funds in. So I'm, what I mean by that is the fire department doesn't bring money in by like every call they answer. If your house is on fire, you don't pay them for that service. That's not what happens. Versus other departments, so if you are going to do a building permit, for example, you pay for that permit, and that permit is supposed to pay for that expense of processing the permit. And then versus the police department, with them going out on a call, they don't, they may get, they get paid their hourly wage or whatever, but the city isn't bringing in money by having the police answer an emergency call. Now, council and city staff said at the meeting that they've already tried to make cuts in the road and street department. In order to make the shortfall for this year, the council has agreed to look at selling off city assets in order to not directly impact taxpayers at this time. They have directed staff to look into selling a 13-acre parcel of land that the city owns near Moye Springs between Eileen Road and the river. Staples said they received a quote that the parcel could go for $275,000 to $325,000. Due to the zoning code, he said the parcel cannot be split into separate parcels. So that means is the 13 acres has to be sold as one chunk. They can't split it off into two six, um, two six acre parcels because that zoning code is for, um, I think it's ag zone 10. So, but they can't, they can't split the parcel, which maybe it would have made the city more money. We don't know, but, and they'll also going to have to go through an approval process with the county to sell this since it's out of um, the city, city limits. City Administrator Lisa Alport said everyone is aware that once an asset is sold, it's gone and can't derive any public use. This is something city staff and council don't take lightly. Alport suggested city council look at out assets outside the city limits first for sale. So what they're doing is they're going to look at assets that the city has outside of the city limits and, just, and see what can they sell, what can they get that, that money for to then fund the general budget. And so a lot of people may wonder, why can't they just cut down that budget? Well, you can make cuts, but again, the budget for each department is decided by how much the, each budget, each department's budget is how it is the money it takes to continue the cost of service. So I've done a couple stories about this earlier, going through the city's budget process before the October one, which is the new fiscal year. So for the police department, we can cut their budget sure we won't be updating some things then so earlier in the year they bought a bunch of tasers because the other ones were expired and they had to because of the warranty was up now chief zimmerman said you know they still work but we need to keep the warranty so cut the budget cool let's not give them new tasers another thing is to maintain the cost of service since gas has gone up that on one of the line items was the price of gas has gone up therefore we must allocate more money to the police budget for gasoline so that they can pay for it or else they're going to have to come back later in the year and say hey we don't have enough money for gas another issue is like another cut you could do is oh cut the budget great so should we get rid of personnel that is what happens if we need to cut their budgets down 
which no one really wants to cut personnel, especially if it's for streets, fire department, which I believe there's, I know the part of the, the fire department's already volunteer or the police department. So police department, we already operate 20 hours a day, seven days a week. So any more cuts, that is not, that's not possible. Well, I mean, anything is possible, but that's the situation is to cut the budget. What else can you cut? And then what, um, the city residents really have to stop and think, what do they want the level of services to drop? So if we, if the, the community members want the budget to drop for streets, okay, so do we want downtown not to be plowed for, for winter snow until noon? Or are we okay if it not being plowed till two in the afternoon since we have to make budget cuts? So where are we gonna have a little give? Or we've gotta find a different source for that money to maintain this level of service. To maintain the roads being plowed by 8 a.m. at least in certain sections, to make sure the school buses can come in, to make sure the first responders can respond because if the streets aren't plowed and then there's an emergency, well, that's not really gonna work out either. So figuring out maybe we don't make a cut in that direction, maybe we cut it this direction or where do we find revenue? Where can we find other sources of revenue? So that's why the city council right now has decided to look at selling off assets at this time instead of just making cuts that would bring down the um, services. Yeah, so the general consensus of the city council was before making large cuts in department, before making large cuts in department budgets, in the recently approved um, in the recently approved budget, all options should be explored. Councilwoman Valerie Thompson had this to say. I think it's important the public also know that um, what we're trying to do right now is to provide um, the current level of service and to be able to maintain that current level of service. Um, otherwise, we wouldn't be looking at selling any of our assets. Um, but we would like to continue to maintain our current level of service and figure out a way um, that our customers are not feeling um, that burden. Um, this was this was a big um, surprise to all of us, if you will, <laughs> for all of us as we were looking at our budgets and. And I think, um, as it is for all of us as taxpayers as well. Mayor Dick Staples had this to say. I think also need the public need to know that you know the, the sale of this particular property is certainly not going to take care of the shortfall that we hear. Thompson said the city is trying to continue to provide the current level of services, or else they wouldn't consider selling assets. Mayor Staples said the city could cut the shortfall by 80 grand by not opening the city pool next season. Reopening could cost more with inflation affecting the cost of providing the services. And historically, the pool has been free for city residents. So what the mayor has said before is it costs about 80000 Oh, no, they've budgeted about 80000 to, to in the budget to maintain the pool for the next season. So before, they, I think they've budgeted only 77000 But because of the cost, um, because of inflation and the added cost for transportation, it has cost more to maintain the pool. So whether that's chlorine and all those other things, those costs have gone up. So because those costs come up, that means their expenses go up. 
And since the pool is free for people coming in, that's that's just 80, 80 grand out the window. So the thought is, and none of this is set in stone. They are not closing the pool. They have not made a decision on that. It's all, we're all brainstorming right now. So the idea is if they could close the pool for the season, and that would save them at least $80,000. And then even um, Councilman Brian Poston, he even proposed even selling the pool to the county is an option. He added that he hated to see the pool close since it saves lives by providing swim lessons. So again, this is not decided. What could happen is that is one of the city's assets. They could sell it to the county to make sure it is still going to be accessible to the community and it stays open. It would one bring in revenue to the city, but it, the um, the community would not lose that asset since it's then just transferred, well, purchased to the county. Again, it's not set in stone. They are just brainstorming right now. And then City Councilman Ron Smith said the last resort would be to cut any personnel. Quote, we can't cut our way out of it. If we try, we won't have anyone working here, he said. City Administrator Alport said there are limited ways the city can raise revenue. Fees can be raised, but they must represent services provided and can't pay another department. As an example, she said, a, a raise in permit, fee, in permit fees could not then fund the police department. So again, back to the permit fee example. Say you come in and the, a permit fee costs, let's say $15. If the city raised it to cost $20 for a permit, that money has to go to the cost of processing the permit. You can't take that extra $5 from the year before and give it to the police department. That's also part, um, that is part of what that lawsuit said. You couldn't take it from revenues from one department to another, particularly utilities, but we can't just raise, say, we can't just raise prices. So even at the golf course, they're already raising prices because to maintain the cost of services due to the increased rat price of fertilizer, gasoline, and I'm not even sure if it's personnel, but I know it's for those two things. And I believe it costs even more money for the sand and the bunkers and transporting all that. They had to raise fees. But those fees are, again, only paying into those things that it takes to maintain the golf course. They're not raising the funds or the expenses at the golf course to then send money to the fire department or to any other department. It is just to maintain that particular department. So the city, they, oh, they have a couple of options. They could look into a local option tax in order to have the cost spread across different um, payers, Alport said. This could include a tax on liquor per drink, on temporary occupancy rentals like hotels, or they also call that a bed tax, or any taxable goods under Idaho code. So um, to some of our Bonner County listeners, the local option tax may sound very familiar since um, last November, the city of Sandpoint tried to run a local option tax. I think that one was just to fund park and recreation across the county to like make more investments in parks. And that one failed, but the city of Pend Oreille did pass a local option tax of 1% on any taxable goods up to $1,000. So if you wouldn't spend $999 at, say, nor 40 or something, you were taxed 1% on that. But if you went and bought a vehicle or... See, a vehicle that costs twenty grand, you weren't being taxed 1% on that. Or if you spent $1,000 on a chainsaw, you weren't being taxed 1% on that. So that one passed. And so San, um, Bonner's Ferry could do something very similar. And what that would be is everybody is taxed on that. So if you live in the county 
and you come buy a cup of coffee, one percent of that would pay in. So the whole lot of the debate about the local option tax is it also kind of partially becomes a tourist tax, saying that people who do not live in the community are also contributing to this. So they, um, and again, this is not this is not cleared. This is not official. They're just talking about options right now. But that is an option is to pose a local option tax, which city residents would vote on. It would have to pass by a supermajority, which I believe is 66 and two thirds percent. And, and then that is a one way to find funding. Mayor Staples said it is up to city residents on whether a tax is approved. Quote, we city council make cuts, but for a tax, city residents have to vote for it, he said. The council asked for additional public input and the formation of an advisory committee of city residents to brainstorm ways to find reven revenue, whether that be a tax or not. And so they're really just trying to bring everybody together at this point because we have to have a decision. We don't want to rush a decision, but we need to have an option soon because, you know, things cost money. And then before you know it, yeah, and, and for Idaho State Code, they um, the city has to have a balanced budget. So before all this was found out, and the city had already done their budget workshop, their budget hearing, which I was present. There was very little community turnout for that. They'd already decided the budget. They'd already voted on the budget. They'd already seen what did they need to increase for cost of service. So again, some of the fees were raised. Um, some, some of the fees were raised for, for the golf course, just due cost of inflation and cost of um, expenses going up. And then also for, um, I think it was, I believe, it was a 5 or 6% increase on electricity just, just to cover the cost of service as well. So before, the budget was balanced, and then they submitted it, and it was all approved, and it was all published in um, the paper and the legals page. But now with this, they have to go back and change everything and fill that um, $450,000 shortfall. And then... City Administrator Lisa Alport at the meeting, she reminded the public that she does have an open door policy and she would question, um, she would answer any questions that came forward. And so the next Bonners Ferry City Council meeting is Tuesday, November 15th at 6 p.m. And if people do have questions, you can always, when you come into the meeting, you can um, sign up to provide public um, patron input. Just talk to um, Christine the clerk and remember, you can provide public comment. Don't expect the city council to talk, to give you an answer necessarily. It's just your time to talk to them and you can always talk to them afterwards as well to get more information.